0: Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om, I bow to the Lord, Vasudeva. Hello friends. Today I would like to read the second sloka or stanza of the Bhagavad Gita, the first chapter. Sanjaya replied, Prince Duryodhana, material desires, on beholding the Pandava army opposing him in full battle array, anxiously approached Dronacharya, habits or past samsars or mental tendencies. Duryodhana's guru, since material desires are directed by past habit, and spoke as follows. Now it's important to understand that uh, the The uh, Dronacharya, the guru of the Kauras, or Dronacharya and all his team, is also the guru, the teacher of the Pandavas. Habit is the meaning of uh, Dronacharya. Interestingly enough, in India, we have a center in Gurgaon. All of northern India is full of these names which relate to the times of the Mahabharata and the, you see the battle of the battlefield of Kurukshetra up in northern India. Gurgao means Guru Gram, which actually stands for the village of the Guru or Donacharya. It's supposed to be where Donacharya lived. Anyway, that's an interesting sort of sidelight. But habit is the, the uh, quality that keeps us going even when our discrimination tells us, I want to stop. I want to stop drinking, for example, but habit forces us back to it. There's a very interesting story, a true story, of somebody who was uh, bound by the habit of drinking. And uh, he would give it up and then end up taking another nip and go back to it. And finally, he started to take a nip and he became so furious with himself, that he gathered all his bottles and took them outside and threw them on the sidewalk and broke every one of them. And the vigor with which he did that destroyed that habit so that he never felt like drinking again. This is one way to destroy wrong habits. Make a very strong for, uh, affirmation that I will not do this anymore. You'll be surprised. Uh, I found this sometimes when I've had something that I wanted to overcome. And uh, For a while, I would sort of build up the energy, but finally I would say, absolutely never again, and with such vigor that suddenly it was gone. But habit is usually on the side of wrong habit. It's true that good habits, for example, you're used to meditating every day, you're used to chanting every day, you're used to thinking of God every day, you're used to doing good things. This this certainly helps you, but in the In the clash between the good side and the bad side, Duryodhana, bad habit, usually sides, I mean habit, usually sides with the bad side, unfortunately. And uh, what you need to do is become so entrenched in your good habits, which will stand you in some good stead, but they won't in the case of really fierce temptation. If you can reach the point where you are inspired from above, then you find that that inspiration is where the real divine power comes from. It doesn't come from your subconscious. The subconscious is too tied to uh, many tendencies you're not even aware of. We have lived on earth many, many lifetimes, and uh, those samskaras or tendencies which we developed in the past, they come up when the situation, when you might say the ground is fertile, Uh, for that particular plant to grow. Somebody who thinks he's overcome the desire for fame is offered the opportunity to become famous. Suddenly he's all starry-eyed thinking how wonderfully to become famous. Or he may think he's completely immune to the opposite sex and suddenly one person catches his attention. In one way or another, our past tendencies have a very strong influence on us. So the important thing is to understand that the power of God is greater than all of these. And as you meditate deeply, that power will come more and more to the fore. In the beginning, the spiritual path is difficult. But the longer you go into it, it's not just habit that comes on your side, but more you feel, as Yogananda put it, until efforts end in ease. The struggle of advancing, the struggle of meditating, finally become so enjoyable. There's a friend I met, well, he was sort of a friend. I met him and that made him a friend. Anyway, he told me that he had been alcoholic and uh, he decided he wanted to know God and he took initiation from Yogananda and his friend said to him, "What are you doing um, taking up initiation when you're you can't get you can't give up drinking. What's the use of doing something like this?" And he said, I can't give up my bad habit, but at least I can do something right. And so he would sit every day with a glass of whiskey in one hand and his kriya beads with which he counted his kriyas in the other hand. And after a few months of this, suddenly he thought, well, I'm getting so much fun, so much enjoyment out of my kriya practice, that what's this silly bottle doing? And He put it aside and never was tempted to it again. So the thing is that the best way to overcome wrong tastes, for example, for stale cheese is to f- taste good cheese. You can supplant bad habits by good habits. You can supplant bad tastes wrong inclinations by finding how much more pleasurable it is to live peacefully, to live in self-control, and so on. So the longer you meditate and the more you feel divine inspiration filling you, the less those temptations become a serious problem. Then, however, you still have the problem of your ego, and that is a constant battle. It is a, uh, until you overcome it, And, and it's interesting in the Bhagavad Gita and in the Mahabharata, it speaks of Bhishma, Grandfather Bhishma. He stands for the ego, and he has the blessing to not die until he gives his own body up. And at the end of the battle of Kurukshetra, he's there, the war of Kurukshetra, I should say, he is there. And uh, lying on a bed of arrows, he's been riddled with them and still they won't kill him. And he gives a beautiful lecture on the duties of kingship. And then he surrenders his own life up to the infinite. So the ego finally reaches the point where It must surrender itself. No one can do that for you. You have to say, God, I belong to you. I don't want this little self anymore. But the way to reach to that point is to understand more and more how much more pleasurable it is, how much more enjoyment you get, not thinking of your little self, thinking of other people, giving to other people, helping other people. That's why Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. You feel more bliss when you do the right thing. And don't don't suppress your ego, but just sort of transcend it by expanding it to infinity. And the point comes in your meditations and on your spiritual path where finally you look at this thing and say, well, what is this little thing I've been clinging to? It doesn't mean anything to me. Because you see that to give him the credit for everything, to know that God is the real doer of everything, There's much more satisfaction in that than this little thought that I did it, my little ego did it, and don't you think it did a good job? Didn't you like it? Worried about being attacked, worried about being insulted, worrying about not being appreciated. All these things are forgotten when you can really feel that God is the doer. So humility does not mean uh, self-deprecation or self-abasement. Humility means self-forgetfulness. You forget that you are this little being and remember that that infinite one is the only reality. When you do that, what happens is you merge in God. You become God. It's a, an amazing concept and we'll go further into it because it's, it's quite a bridge to cross. I can't go into it in depth in such a short time. Anyway, for now, God bless you. Joy to you.